Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on like a really really soft pillow. Mm. Hey Robert. Hey Robert. How you doing? Hi Adam. Doing lovely. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing things that feel right, buddy. You look fantastic. I'll tell you that. You look fantastic. You sound fantastic. What more can we ask for? Yeah. Uh, well, um, nothing. Nothing more. Correct. So uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, after the beginning of our previous podcast where we were talking about uh, filibusters and soliloquies, <laughs> yes, uh, my mother messaged me at, with the exact definition of uh, filibuster and she said that she liked the bit and we should do more stuff like that. Talk about filibusters. <laughs> Talking about something that doesn't actually make sense. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I like so, a mom stone. So, well, filibuster, it kind of made sense, but it has to be in some form of like uh, political sense. So, uh, I mean, this, this is a political podcast. Yeah, it is. So, kind of. uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, for sure. Well, we keep making lists of players. We're going to, you know, ruffle some feathers and upset someone. So, you know, when that happens, it gets a little more political, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And that's, it's actually hard to do, right? And a little sketch to do from players to player. For, you know what I mean? Like, what, that's the like, list? That's just the whole challenge with like having a pro pickleball podcast, being a pro player still is, is you're going to ruffle feathers. Oh, even uh, if you don't, I, even if you don't mean to, you know, I mean, it's I got, part of it. I got 10 fingers here and I can think of 10 people. I would just, like to unleash on but i can't do it i'm still <laughs> still in the community even if i stop playing i'll still be in the community for for the foreseeable future so we can only go so hard uh that when we're still players so well you are the good cop so i, I will i will lead a little <laughs> bit more aggressive than you but <laughs> yeah that's we, we've already established that so um also a couple of days ago i made a post about some updates to those uh those top 25 men's rankings uh, I definitely put a little time into it, but once we once we talk through everything and and I'm we're kind of on here going back and forth. Uh, plus, we had a couple extra tournaments, some extra information to compute in there. So yeah. made a couple adjustments, uh, had a couple back and forth with a few players about it. Uh, but uh, I, I I like the rankings. I think they're cool. And uh, after we go through all our rankings here in the next you know, next few weeks, I'd kind of like to, to you know maybe to revisit it at the beginning of next year. Oh. Uh, because rankings are fun. They just are. Super fun. But what, and I think, I think everybody, like everybody that watches Pro Football is super interested in it. Um, what do you think the solution is to actually getting rankings correct? You know, because it's like yeah. World Pickleball rankings by far has J-Dub at number one by a large margin, purely, mm -hmm. uh, purely because a lot of the APPs are weighted the same as the PPAs. Um, so what? So it, it clearly doesn't doesn't depict an accurate representation of what the actual rankings are, necessarily. Um, and then, of course, PPA has their own rankings for their own tour, and then APP has their own rankings for their own tour. Um, MLP, of course, uses Duper, mm -hmm. um, and Duper Duper is more of a rating, but you can rank those ratings in an order. Um, but it's not based on points accumulated, based on tournament results. So what do you think the solution is moving forward with how fragmented the sport is right now? Yeah, it is. It's really hard. All the, all those points that you brought up, we have APP people not playing PPAs and vice versa, uh, or not as, not as many, obviously. So, 
yeah, to have a combined ranking is difficult. And there's also the balance of quality of tournaments played and uh, volume. So there has to be some balance. I, I don't think it should be all just quality and, and, and you know, you, you can't penalize or you should give some players that are playing more a little a little bump, but it can't be too much. So it is a delicate balance with the uh, with the volume and the quality, and then also the the tours, like you said, being fragmented. There's really no perfect way without a lot of uh, of these PPA and APP players playing the same tournament. So I I honestly really don't know. Uh, we did have a uh, a meeting with the APP because they have put out their schedule talking about. Uh, some some stipends, some appearance fees, and also some payout structures for next year. Uh, and I can't get totally specific with it because they kind of came to the players. The players are going to be chatting over it in the next few days, and then we'll revisit that uh, uh, about some of the, you know, just like the depth of payouts and, and all that stuff. So they are going to try to do their own ranking system next year, but it is going to be a process. They've been currently using the world world pickleball ratings, which I believe is the pickleball tournament ratings uh, for your best two out of three events. So there is going to be some changes coming. And I think that in terms of a a universal perfect rating system, we're still a little ways away. Ranking? Ranking. Yes, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Ranking. Uh, Just just a ranking system that is well balanced with volume and quality wins and uh, that can go back and forth between the tours, and I, yeah. I just, I just don't think it's super close in, at this moment. I don't think so either, and I think I don't think it will get close until we have enough data of APP players playing PPA mm-hmm. and having that kind of mix of. Um, and I, I don't know if that will happen, right? You might like J Dubs. You might not see him play PPAs purely because why would he? Um, so. I don't know if we're while we're fragmented like this and we have exclusivity and um, kind of the division between the tours. I don't know if we're ever going to get a true ranking sense because I don't think we'll have enough matches right. to really determine and really see who's who's on top there. And we're and we're all you know we're all about sample size here. So uh, it's important. Sample size is such a huge deal. Yeah. And also, I wanted to bring up Rob that uh, uh, kind of with the guys in the PPA when I was doing this list of 25, it's really hard to rank kind of those second tier PPA guys like Pat Smith, Callen, uh, Spencer Smith, Deacon, if he was healthy yeah, because they're playing events. And obviously there's three or four players in the PPA on the men's side that are extremely good. So they're playing events where they're beating some no names and then losing to those top players a lot that you don't, that's you're not really getting too much information from that really. So it's not, very, yeah. it's very difficult. Where would they fit in on the APP tour? Uh, and it's hard to get information on those middling guys in the PPA because they're either playing studs or they're playing no names. So it's very difficult. No, it's very true. And um, I think it's also interesting in terms of being in that position of, of kind of not the top tier PPA like you get to me, like like Pat Smith, he's he's still had great tournaments this year, but I I've heard much less of him this year than say last mm-hmm. year. You right, know what I mean? right, right, right. So in terms of like, I don't know if the word the right word's relevance, but like a lot of those guys, you you're just not hearing as much of because one doesn't feel like PPA has quite as many tournaments or the layoff maybe, 
Um, but you don't see them at the end of the tournaments because yeah, it's so, so top heavy. And, um, yeah, so I, I find it interesting because a lot of the guys that are on the APP MLP side are still getting, still getting talked about a lot, you know, whereas in, let's say they signed the PPA and where they they were kind of in that second, that second tier of the PPA would be a little bit quieter around them, you know? Mm-hmm. So it seems like in terms of like visibility, it's a good, like the APP has been a good move for a lot of the guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I knew it was, it was a weird situation, uh, you know, last year when all this was happening. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not, not saying that they've made a bad decision or anything, but there was just so much information those couple of weeks. And I think maybe, maybe some of those guys, not sure, maybe some of those guys wish they would have waited a little bit longer and got some more information before they made that decision uh, to sign PPA or, or, or uh, have that, have more of the freedom. So. Yeah. I don't, there is some, there is some peace of mind knowing exactly what your schedule is, not having temptations mm-hmm. to play other tournaments and having guaranteed appearances um, for the year. So I, I, I get that too. Right. So it just depends yeah. what people want. And I know Pat, for example, has, has a full-time gig that takes up quite a bit of time. So, you know, for some people, the decision makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. So it's, it's, it's totally different for everyone. I, I, I think that's for sure true. But yeah, I, I think we'll struggle with rankings, like true, true global rankings until until we see more of kind of the crossover. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As more as things kind of settle up, settle in to it's going to it's even more difficult, not not only with the, you know, not having enough data points, but, you know, having a, a random player come in and be really good. You know, that that'll happen less and less. So uh, yep. it'll be it'll be a little bit harder to do that. But there's just so much going on to to have a fully accurate ranking where someone very established and some guy can come in in four months or six months and, and be as good or better than that player. You know, five years from now, eight years from now, I just don't think that that's going to happen as frequently. So it'll be yeah. a little easier, a little easier. Agreed. High growth. High growth. Uh, what, what was the what was Hyper the Hyper growth, hyper growth stage, stage. hyper <laughs> got it, got that uh, for sure. So let's, hey Rob, let's go through before we get into the list. Let's go through, just touch on some of the main points of the uh, the the PPA Atlanta this last weekend. Let's touch it. Let's touch it. So uh, yeah, I went through the draws. Uh, I did a little bit of watching on the live stream, but I went through the draws uh, before we jumped on and yeah, got got some of the some of the highlights. Uh, so mixed doubles. Uh, pretty chalky, yeah. uh, uh, pretty chalky there. I believe we had uh, uh, we had Jay and Jesse getting third. I think that is correct. Uh, they had a pretty easy run through the back draw after losing in the semifinal. We had Matt and Lucy losing early to Elise Jones and Spencer Smith. I'd say yeah. that was probably the the biggest result. Uh, that was the most surprising. Um, and we had, uh, let me look through this real fast. Elise, Elise plays a good role in mixed and she's, uh, she's a scrapper. So she gets a ton of balls back. I watched her for four minutes and she fell down and got the ball back. Uh, and yeah. then got, and then got back, and got up back and up and, and, right. And for sure. point. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, like I mentioned chalk, we got, uh, Ben and Anna Lee with gold. We got, uh, Catherine and, uh, Riley with, with silver. And then we have Jay and Jesse. Uh, with bronze so uh not too much to report there uh men's singles we had uh tyson losing uh this was actually a live update on our previous oh, podcast yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it was tyson losing er- early to alvaro tarone 
we had JW crushing Federico. Man. A very, very lopsided score after after Federico had got him twice after the big run to start his career with JW beating him 13 times. <laughs> uh, Julian Arnold made it to Championship Sunday. Uh, kudos to Julian, the energy yep. man, Mr. Andiamo. Uh, ben actually stayed motivated in the backdraw and uh, came back through, had a very tough 18-16 win over, over Federico, right, yeah. and then uh, ended up capturing bronze after losing to Julian Arnold in the semifinals. So uh, he's, probably still a, he's probably still a top 10 singles guy. Who? Ben? Yeah, I'd say. Uh, border, borderline, but I'd, 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 say, uh, I'd say right now I would keep him in the top 10, but it's, it's, it's close at this moment. It's close. For sure. Uh, women's women's singles, we have uh, uh, Leia Jansen pulling out early. Uh, I believe last tournament she was in Championship Sunday against Anna Lee. So uh, pulled out early, I would imagine. Not, I have no idea, but I would imagine it had something to do with maybe her diabetes. Uh, I don't really, can't remember her ever actually having an injury. It's only been related to, yeah. to uh, diabetes when she has pulled out before. So, uh, yeah. Callie made a nice run, uh, beating uh, uh, Davidze, which I say at this moment is an upset. Uh, yeah, after so. after the last couple months, Davidze's had so nice job by Callie, and then making it to Championship Sunday, and uh, just the fact that she pushed Anna Lee to four games is kind of impressive at this point. With <laughs> with Anna Lee just being absolutely ridiculous, I think back to back triple crowns for her. So agreed. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? Oh, we got women's doubles. We had, uh, Anna and Jesse looking good again, uh, ended up making it to championship Sunday and losing in five games to the waters. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was fairly chalky there. Uh, we yeah. had, go ahead. I know we talked to, I said, I know we talked it last week about, um, you know, the waters partnership and how long they should stay together, how long they will stay together. Um, if if you put Anna Lee, I think with call it a Jesse or or another like top tier, I think it gets it gets real dominant real fast. Which so which probably isn't great for the women's game, you know. No, right no. like right now you have the top four teams who anybody can beat anybody really. Mm-hmm. So it's probably better like this, right? Yeah, like no, we get I, better I, matches. I so yeah, I, I think so because I'll tell you right now. It was a very easy ranking of the number one women's player, and it got very difficult very quickly. Uh, yeah. So I obviously have a little more insight into the men's side, but I know quite a bit about the women's side, and it was not easy at all. Yeah. And I think what we didn't mention last time, Rob, which can be a big factor for the Waters, is uh, endorsement deals for the mother-daughter combination. Yeah. So cool. if if like flat out – results wise maybe going with a solid Catherine or a solid jesse uh might win a couple more tournaments than the waters who are still doing just fine as it is that mother daughter factor people love that stuff and yeah. so no, it's, uh, and it's it kind of it's kind of a calling card for for pickleball as well you can play young old this and that so i have no it's doubt true. that they've had some monetary benefit for for having that mother daughter partnership and that could be something that could maybe make that partnership last longer than yeah. technically it should it's a great point uh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yes, that was women's doubles. Uh, men's, we had uh, Loong and Smith, uh, Tyler Loong, Spencer Smith having a nice run, uh, beating Kohler and Newell 0-1. Uh, 
which was yeah, very very shocking super uh, surprising because i i would put that maybe maybe give uh you know newell you know the most inexperienced player on that court you know maybe giving spencer and tyler a slight edge but to, for for it to be one and oh is pretty pretty wild in my opinion yeah uh right. and then taking and then going to three it wasn't a terribly close third game but going to three uh with newman and uh and right uh right after that so nice run from smith and loom yep. uh let's see oh man jw and dylan with a match point in the oh, quarterfinals against uh against matt and riley with jw having a forehand counter, counter attack oh. to, to win it all and it wasn't just it wasn't the most spectacular matt wright speed up either so matt was, <laughs> it was matt was a little off balance and he yeah. didn't put it in the best spot and j-dub sailed it long and then sure enough 90 seconds later the match was over so uh yeah. tough break there uh they really went into the back draw early and pretty much dominated everyone on oh, the steamroll in route to bronze so a uh, nice yeah. nice finish for them and then of course uh, the rematch, several people were talking about of uh, ben, the brothers, the John Zai versus Matt and Riley in a softer ball, no altitude situation. Mm-hmm. And man, it, for about five to seven minutes, it sure looked like the beginning. <laughs> the, John, yeah. the John's brothers were going to get destroyed again. Crazy comeback uh, to win game one and then just, uh, you know, did their thing the rest of the way. So, uh much better counters from the Johns brothers, a yeah. lot more middle dinks, uh, kind of, you know, keeping that off the bounce, Matt forehand off the bounce, Riley backhand out of the picture as much as possible. Uh, yeah, that's men's doubles. Yeah. And um, just from what I saw, I didn't watch the whole thing, but it looked like whenever Matt was getting into the hand battles, he was dumping a lot in the net. He just, he wasn't finishing and cleaning them up like he was previously. So I, I saw that being a big factor in it. Um, he just didn't seem like he was on the hands battles this time. Sure. And, and credit to Colin, uh, well, credit to both of them, but mostly to Colin, who was uh, much more, uh, much more, uh, he was very, very quick with his sliding. So his counter attacking, he was in his positions much better. He was caught while sliding that previous match quite a bit yeah. or where he wasn't right on it. So he was he was getting to where he needed to be. He was loading, whether that was backhand or forehand. And he was much more crisp uh, with his speed ups. I mean, with his counter attacks off of Matt Wright's speed ups. And, you know, you mentioning that Matt Wright was a little off on the second and the third ball probably had a lot to do with uh, him not kind of jamming up Colin on the first ball uh, and Colin uh, hitting that back a little crisper, uh, obviously more difficult uh, as those exchanges extend when, when uh, Colin's counterattack is much more precise and powerful. Yeah. I think with this matchup conditions are going to be a big factor moving forward. Um, I think any, any conditions where it's a little, a little chillier, the ball's a little harder, whether it's elevation altitude um, is going to favor um, right Newman. And then when we have slower conditions, um, it's going to favor the Johns purely. I, I think, I think hands, you know, in slower conditions, hand speed doesn't have to be quite there. You can be, you can be a little back, a little behind and still, um, still make up for it with the slower ball. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, from what I saw with the, the Matt Wright and Riley Newman versus the kids, Dylan and JW, I I think in exchanges, I think the kids have faster hands, possibly. 
I, I agree. They were, so, they were cleaning up. Man, so they, I, in turn, I think that the kids might have faster hands than the Johns. Uh, now, the Johns, in terms of bullying patterns, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Point structure, start, yeah. Point structure, uh, knowing what's going on, uh, you know, in terms, in terms of setting up points, you know, shots ahead. They definitely have the edge. But in terms of flat-out hand speed and uh, – uh, uh, exchange starting with a neutral first ball. I think yeah. I would favor the kids. I don't think it's that close, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they, really it, it was it was good stuff. It was good yeah. stuff. And JW had a couple stretches where he was making some errors. And that Newman, I thought Baby Dill played amazing, and I thought JW went kind of in and out. He had a couple yeah. stretches of really really good stuff, but that first game was pretty rough for JW. And I think he had uh, quite a few errors sprinkled in there. So they were. for that. For them to have a match point against Riley and Matt, and to be honest with you, not not play bad, but not play their absolute best game is is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, th- I just think it's a shame that we we'll, we won't see those matchups more. You know, yeah. it's just it's a it's a net negative for pickleball having the divisiveness with the tours and having you know mm-hmm. top players not be able to compete against each other or not 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 that not that they can't compete against each other but right. it doesn't make sense in a lot of cases for jw and dylan to go to a ppa when they're getting great appearance fees for apps so what i mean why Absolutely. would you why would yeah, you pay no. entry fees and all that stuff and you don't need to no definitely and i'm i'm actually glad to see that they the the johnsons took this weekend off what is their sacramento or something like that yeah, there's a sacramento app which is a tier two Still if they went to Sacramento, I would be slapping. Oh, man, if they, if they went to Sacramento, not only west, but even more north than L.A., I would just be like, my goodness, what are y'all doing? So, just stop. <laughs> yeah, good good rest for them. I think I think the Johnson crew needs it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's men's doubles, little recap of the of the PPA Atlanta. Oh, and they, they had some – I kind of liked the uh, – they got that big screen in the back. I kind of yeah. liked that. So that that yeah. was cool. And they had some screens on the side too uh, for some, you know, flashing sponsor stuff and whatever. So throw, uh, throw a scoreboard up already. How, how do we not have scoreboards in pickleball yet? Yeah. I, I, I like talk that. about this all the time. How do we not have a scoreboard in pickleball? Yeah. Uh, no, for like, sure. Especially if you're at the venue, you're like trying to listen to what the ref's saying. Uh-huh. Just have it on a screen. Yeah. Put I think on they the have... corner of that big ass board. Yeah. I like that. And I think that they have one at, at Bell Bank. So that big mm. facility, big facility in Mesa, Arizona. But yeah, I would like to see it more too. Yeah, how many times you see? I'm like leaning in to get the score or something what, like did that. You hear what he yeah. Said? Yeah. Did you hear what he said? Or, seven uh, four two or seven? Or, or, or what's that guy like? Soki Sochi Moy or I, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he is a very good referee. But he is very soft spoken. So oh, yeah, you I know what you're talking about. You, you, you yeah. can't you can't understand him. I, I don't know his name. I'm sure I butchered it. Sorry for that. But he is a very good referee, but you can't hear him hear the score. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So uh yeah, so that's it. That's the recap. Uh next tournament, uh, like we said, is Sacramento. And then I believe there is a a no, there's a there's a South Carolina tournament as well. Uh, uh sorry, uh Alabama tournament as well for the APP mm. and then we have uh the MLP in Ohio and then a boom boom uh Houston APP and Hilton Head APP both tier ones so uh some yep. pretty good stuff not in the next uh ne- necessarily in the next couple of weeks but in the next uh month to six weeks we got we got some fireworks coming for sure and when's the when's the big PPA Vegas 
think that's pretty soon, right? I believe that is uh, October 7th through 9th. And I will be teaching in Florida, so I will not be able to defend my title at the uh, at the Vegas uh, the Vegas PPA. But that is a very big one, the year end championships. So I did miss that one. So that one will be in the second weekend of October. I just I haven't looked at that entrance list, but I would assume that we might have some APP crossover for that one, just because it's a it's a bigger one for the PPA. Yeah, it's a big boy. And if they continue doing the world pickleball rankings through pickleball tournaments, that is considered a grand slam, which is 2000 points, which is a huge deal. So yeah. uh, it's I nice think, of you to let somebody else win it this year. It's kind. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, obviously, if I if I signed up for for that tournament in October, I would obviously win it. So defend uh, your title. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, you know, you're welcome to, to everyone else. <laughs> the field. Get, get, Given the uh, given the uh, the plebs uh, a shot at it, <laughs> love it. Yes, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so Robert, uh, I think it might feel right to get into this list now. What do you say? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna look. Like I said, this this list was very difficult, and I did some very very controversial things here. So, well, I haven't uh, seen this list yet, so I'm excited. Because yes, you caught no, me off Robert, guard last week, and I'm yes, assuming yes. I'm going to be caught off guard this week. Yes, definitely. If you so, put me, if you if you slot me in at number seventeen or something, Adam, <laughs> <laughs> I just took us out. I think that was better. Uh, I'm not sure either one of us is going to make the uh, the men's list for mixed, so we might have to like plead our case. I'm going to give you two minutes, and as I'm long as I'm myself. not on the women's list, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I don't care where I am, as long as I'm yes, not on the women's list. For sure. So, uh, yeah, so this list is the top 25 women's doubles players right now. Now, obviously, there is a few things that come up when making these lists, uh, when you're balancing out strong left side players that take a little bit more court versus rock solid right side players. It's never easy. Uh, There will be a slight little, you know, uh, talk about upside and, and, you know, some of the uh, younger players and and this and that, but mostly it's right now, even though uh, a little bit of upside might be in the list. So we should also eventually maybe doesn't have to be official, but it would be cool to also do left side rankings, right side rankings. For sure. For sure. So yeah, I, I like rankings. I think they're cool. They bring a lot of talking points. So after we go, it does make it difficult with the having like a, a CJ, where yeah like yeah it makes it awkward of where to put him based on the role he plays playing that right side you know oh, what I mean? totally yeah totally yeah. Yeah, I, I agree so uh yeah do where do you slot in a left side player that has way less results than him uh yeah. i i don't know exactly i'm not sure it's perfect but uh yeah the rankings are cool we're gonna go through all of them and maybe maybe re refresh them at the beginning of the year next year and then possibly do some left side right side stuff i think i think would be good as well so uh Obviously, obviously, number one, you know, the uh, I think a year, 18 months ago, you probably would have had the guys side be the most obvious of the number one player. But it is definitely the women. Anna Lee, zero weaknesses, young, into it, wins everything, has the power, has the hands, has the consistency. I just don't see literally any weaknesses whatsoever in her game. Uh, Anna Lee Waters, obvious number one agreed yes so here's where things oh gosh so things already just... get messy well no no i got a little thing so uh i'm actually showing my house 
uh, starting today, and we have a sh- we have a showing at five o'clock today, Robert. So oh, that's easy. Yes, that you, is easy. You so list that people show up. Apparently, that's how it works. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so doing a lot of things going on here. Uh, just shaking got married. Moving, moving yeah, about to, about to get into a new house and create my compound, which is uh, what I want. I want to create a compound on one and a half acres of land, and I want to never leave. <laughs> and that is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. It might take a few years, but that's the plan. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you're building. That's what I'm building. A compound Beautiful. where I can never leave with, with pickleball courts. So anyway, all right, enough about Perfect. that. Uh, okay. I know you guys are going to, you know, probably hate me for this uh, Ooh, and think I'm, a- think I'm APP loyal, but I am going with a number two that has probably the highest floor of anyone on any list and i am putting number two andrea coop okay yes. i mean it's not i don't find it crazy but you're right the her floor i mean she doesn't have many like whoa results in terms of like oh i can't believe she lost to that person you know what i mean it's it, like it's, you know exactly yes. what you're gonna get Right. And it's, I'm not even saying that her ceiling is low. It's a little lower than some of the other names on this list, but that floor is ridiculously high. She -hmm. has the sports background. She has the the size. I believe she's about 5'9 or 5'10. She has been taking it much more seriously in the last six months to one year with some freedom, a little extra freedom with her job. Uh, So I am putting Andrea Coop uh, at the number two spot on the women's rankings. Okay. There you Duper go. Ha- Duper has her at eight, but it's not Duper has her at eight. Okay. I mean, but it's that's not it's not wildly far off. Yes, and so here here's another controversial one. Keep it coming. Uh, right, right off the bat, uh, obviously, is we have number three. Anna Bright is my number three women's doubles pick. What do you say, Rob? Very surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I want to hear why. Okay. So the reason why I'm putting Anna Bright at number three is because of her age. Her oh, so we're playing, we're playing upside into yes. it? Well, yeah, so it, okay. upside has a little bit to play into it. So I, I'm, I'm more of a box checker. I just have all these boxes, and when people yeah. start checking them, you know, they move up a, li- a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So the racket sport background, the age, the in, intense, intense, one of the most intense mental players out there. So – I am factoring all those uh, factors in, and I am also factoring in the power and the exchanges uh, uh, being at a high level. Uh, some of the spots of, of speeding up in the decision-making still is not perfect, obviously, but I am uh, taking that balance of upside intensity, age, and uh, her full force going for it uh, with the amount that she is playing, and I'm putting Anna Bright at number three. Let's all right. Be, Let's be clear too here, Rob. Yes. Number two through number eight was crazy close, like and pretty interchangeable. Pretty interchangeable. So uh, I I know I'm kind of throwing out some disclaimers here about about these <laughs> these number two and number three picks, but yeah. uh, all that I just wanted to make sure that that's being said. That I'm talking, it was razor thin. So uh, you know why not make it a little controversial and throw something in there, and that's what happened. So. Uh, that's my top three. Number four, we have Jesse Irvin. So Jesse Irvin playing great uh, lately. I, th- I really think that 
she burst on the scene uh, a couple years ago, and I think a lot of people thought she was just going to absolutely dominate. I, I'm not saying that she plateaued, but I think she had a little strut stretch after her initial, you know, several tournaments where she just played solid. And I think she's kicked it up again in the last uh, six or nine months. I know she is a very hard worker, uh, very consistent, very good decision making, very good put away power. Uh, leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of athleticism, not the biggest or best mover. So I think she does struggle with that a little bit. But in her area, super high, highly skilled, super consistent, and uh, absolute rock uh, at the kitchen line from both sides of the court, uh, right side and left side. I think if we're talking pure, uh, we we talk about sample size a lot. I think mm -hmm. if, I think sample size should be included, and I would. I would probably flip-flop uh, Jesse and Anna. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I think that's super reasonable that you would do that. And, uh, and yeah, definitely. Onward. Onward and upward. Number five, Catherine Parento. CP. Uh, CP. Uh, just just absolute stud. Very well-rounded. No, no, no real weaknesses. Uh, can really manipulate the ball nicely. Uh, with with her spins and, and and her her ability up at the kitchen line and has some really nice misdirect uh, shots. She does leave a little bit to des be desired in terms of wingspan and length. She's a smaller girl, which is a big big factor, I think, especially uh, in the women's game. And I do think that she does lack a little bit of that put away power. So uh, I think she does a great setter up of points, but sometimes struggles a little bit to finish points, but and uh, can't go wrong with Catherine. Absolutely rock solid player. And, uh, you know, uh, just, just a absolute stud on tour for several years now, Catherine Parento, number five. Yeah. And I think if we're talking, um, you know, she, she, she came up in the game with Simone and I would put Simone as probably the, the cleanest technical player, um, footwork strokes, everything. And Catherine's almost, a almost a mirror image of that you know she's very very sound technically um clean player but yeah like some holes in like the put away power sometimes the countering um susceptible to being attacked but right, in terms right. of in terms of actual skill very very high very high right i agree yeah and i think i think you're right i think uh basically like catherine in the midcourt and Catherine Dinking and, and all that stuff is basically Simone 10 years ago. 100%. Is, 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 is really what it is. So uh, almost a carbon copy. Uh, Simone has a little more firepower uh, and, you know, some, you know, some nice speed ups and stuff like that. But very, very similar players. Yeah. Uh, so Catherine Parento, number five. Number six, uh, Lucy Kovalova. So Lucy, uh, been around forever. Great results uh, with Matt Wright and Mixed. Great results with a variety of partners and women's. Uh, I think maybe what dinged her a spot or two, like I said, all of this is very, very tight, is her being locked into that right side. So yeah. I, I think I've seen her a time or two get on that left, whether it's a switch or a change of strategy. And she does look a little bit uh, uncomfortable over there at times. She's very much more solid on that right. But I don't see how you can find a better, you know. Uh, rock right-sided player uh, you know her her rock on the right side is a little bit different than some of the other players because she she does have that amazing length and that ability to reach in and and that really really good power on both sides forehand and backhand yeah. so I do think that 
Lucy occasionally uh, gets stuck bending, not the best bender. You can kind of catch her down by her feet or getting her stretched out and, and not also the best mover in the mid court. And while she's scrambling in the back of the court, but her length, her power and her consistency with her dinks uh, is just super, super high level. And I have Lucy Kovalova at number six. Yeah. And, and kind of on the men's side too, like with, with, with Matt, who's been around her a while, like solid staying power, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Has been, has been in the game for a long time and a lot of new people have entered the game and yeah, you, you've maybe seen like, she's not, she's not the top top, but she's, she's, still, she's still right there. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. So the fact to kind of weather that storm of new players coming in and, um, and to still be where she's at is super, super solid. Oh yeah, no, she's great. Uh, like I said, can't go wrong with basically the whole list, but certainly can't go wrong with number two through eight. So yeah. uh, number six, Lucy Kovalova and number seven, I have Callie Smith. So I do uh, think that Callie Smith, probably that, that hand speed and the power that she brings is really, really high end and probably would rank higher on that, on this list if you would just be going with with those two qualities uh, in terms of the hands. Uh, terrifying when she really gets going, but she definitely has some inconsistency issues um, with with some of the, the softer stuff and actually doesn't really have a lot of tricky speed ups. They're very quality, low, hard, uh, but there yeah. there is not – it's not she's disguised. Gotten, yeah, she's got exactly not a lot of slippery stuff or disguised stuff. And she's gotten a lot better with her soft game. Uh, she doesn't really miss uh, uh, dinks as much as she used to, even though they are fairly plain and uh, kind of just solid and consistent, maybe kind of like Tyler Lung's dinks, nothing special, but very solid. Um, so uh, I, I would put Callie at that number seven spot due to some of the inconsistencies and some of the ups and downs that she has, even though when she's on fire, uh, she's, you know, a top, a top two or three player for sure. Would you say her upside is where, where she could improve the most would be mixing in some of the, uh, some of the disguise and the speed ups and because her hands, her hands, top two, top three in the women's game, in my opinion, her hands are, her hand speed's fast. So if she can kind of create a little bit, like you said, slippery speed ups where she can get her opponent off balance a little bit, like her hands are so fast that she should be winning most of those hand battles. Right. And yes. Right. And I, I, I definitely agree. And I think that just, just, just having a, another speed, maybe it's a, it's a mid pace attack. Maybe yeah. it's, it's this, it's that she, she is really good at what she does, but there's not uh, uh, as much variety as I would like to see. And when, you know, it's just not as crisp, uh, you're a little off that day to have a second and a third option can get you through some tough matches Sure. Uh, and then you can find it later in the tournament. But uh, I, I do think that, uh, you know, if if her she's a little off, uh, she might struggle to to find another option or or an option to really grind it out. So uh, that's why I dropped her a spot or two, even though she is such a physical presence and, and such a beast out there when she's playing well. Totally. OK, eight. Eight. We have a uh, Simone Jardine. So, you know, the goat. Uh Struggled a little bit with some age and some injury issues over these this last year or two. But like you mentioned, still just super high end skill. She can put the ball places. She's so smart. 
Uh, she's very tactical, strategic, and she's got all the shots. So while she is maybe a little less of that crazy grind it out in the midcourt, have my butt on the ground because I'm so yeah. low digging every ball that she used to do three or four years ago, I don't believe is as big of a part of her game as it used to be. And I think some of that is body uh, uh, preserving her body. So I yeah. think she she pulls the trigger a little quicker and maybe doesn't have that optimal uh, you know, frequency. amount of, of grinding and frequency yeah. on when to attack that she used to. And how can you blame her, you know, at, at her age and with some of the issues that she's had. So that is obviously why I have her drop down to number eight, but still an absolutely rock star in the game. And skills wise, uh, there's not many people that can compare to her. Yeah, spot on. And it, would, it had to happen eventually, right? Like the just like she the way she plays and like you said, yeah, butt on the court in the midcourt, just digging out ball after ball. And like she, yeah, very grindy. And then like when she did speed up, it was super effective because she's just right. been grinding for so long. So her frequency mm -hmm. used to be just perfect, right? right? But yeah, now points need to be shorter for her just to preserve the body. So she's going to pull the trigger a little bit sooner. Um, which also just, you know, higher frequency means your opponents are more used to seeing your speed ups and exactly. are on it a little bit more. But um, yeah, you're spot on. Like I think Duper had her at seven, you have her at eight. I think both are both are pretty accurate right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and who knows, maybe three or four years ago that was her optimal strategy. And maybe right now she's playing her optimal strategy yeah. because if she tried to grind it out, she probably she might not be able to make it through. Uh, all, all, uh, both both mixed and and uh, gender. So, yep. all right. So, Simone, there you go. Uh, kind of a very small drop. I'll, I'll, I kind of label that. We have Annalie in her own tier, and then two through eight, very tight, very close. Uh, and then number nine, another slight surprise here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Jackie Kawamoto at number I nine. I knew that was coming out of your mouth. You knew it was coming. So I just know it. You know I love the Motos. They're 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 rocks. Uh, uh, another one of those super super high floor players like like Coop and that. Uh, you know uh, maybe maybe you know me being a higher floor lower ceiling player. Maybe I'm throwing a bone to to some of those high floor players because I think they might get looked over and underrated at times uh, because they don't quite have. Uh, some of those flashy shots. So I'm going to put Jackie Kawamoto at number nine. Does not play a full slate, uh, but just absolutely no weaknesses. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a little bit in the in the uh, Catherine mode of no weaknesses, but lacks a little bit of put away power. Yeah. Uh, but just a rock solid player, back of the court, uh, mid court, and kitchen line. Uh, Jackie Kawamoto, number nine for me. Okay, number 10, uh, Vivian David. Uh, I think Vivian David for sure could be up in that two to eight group uh, with some of the skill set that she has. But I do think that the uh, Lucy Kovalova factor of being only a right side player kind of uh, dropped her down a spot or two or a couple spots. Uh, definitely not the most comfortable on the left side. And, you know, we talked about it many times. Maybe that doesn't mean anything in a couple of years, but I do think the variety at this moment uh, knocked her uh, a, a, a spot or two. But stud on the right uh, just gets really low, digs balls like crazy, uh, doesn't miss many dinks, and has some nice misdirects and some really nice one-two patterns 
and and defends well on that right side with some uh, some cobras and some really nice right side stuff. So Vivian David, my number ten player, strong like pretty for uh, for not a not a big girl. Great put away power too. Oh yeah, absolutely. She hits the crap out of the ball. She's given me a couple third nipples in my career. Uh, so uh, yeah, kudos to her. And I think just uh, on the right side, uh, I think she's kind of calling John Z a little bit, you know, yeah. she's, she's got her patterns and her things that she likes to do on the right. Uh, tough to know where to slot her and where to slot Colin exactly. But I am going with uh, Vivian David, number 10. I like it. Numero... What what is eleven? Onse, uh, Onse. <laughs> let's go with uh, let's go with Lauren Stratman. Uh, Lauren Stratman at number eleven. Uh, just a great offensive player. Uh, has the spin, has the flow on her shots. Meaning, you know, she's really taking those. Everything's real flowy and spinny. And when she gets hot uh, with some of that offense, it's it's you know one of the best in the game uh, because she disguises it well. Uh, she has the hands to have those one, two shot combinations. And I think she's a little underrated at times in the midcourt uh, with yeah. some of her, uh, some of her digs and some of her midcourt play getting forward. Um, I know she's not the absolute best mover out there and has some inconsistencies at times because of the spin she has on those dinks. Uh, but the firepower for Lauren Stratman and the ability to take over the match at times, uh, Slots her in at number 11 for me. Yep, like it. Okay, number 12, Leah Jansen. I have not really seen her a lot lately, uh, Leah. So uh, this was, you know, kind of tough for me in this this stretch here because 9 through 14 or 15 or 16 is, is, is another tier that's pretty tight as well. So I know she uh, has a lot of length, has a good physical presence out there, moves well, covers the court. Uh, you know, very high end court coverage has some really solid power and a really tough forehand when she gets it going, uh, but also has some, you know, some occasional inconsistencies from what I've seen as well. Uh, like uh, haven't seen her quite as much as some of these other girls, but uh, definitely uh, squeezing in Leia Jansen at the number 12 spot. Uh, you have anything to say about her? Have you seen her play recently or anything like that? I haven't seen her play recently at all, yeah. but just in terms of body of work, I mean, I think you have to slot her in, you know, at this, at this spot. So yeah. Somewhere in this range. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Leia Jansen, number 12, and I am going to take uh, a slight upside play here. Not a huge body of work, but some re- very good results when she's out there and seems very committed to the game. And, you know, for a, uh, not the shortest girl, but for a pretty slight frame really hits the crap out of the ball. And that's Paris Todd at number 13. So uh, I played her at St. Louis several, several months ago and mixed, and I'm not sure she countered a ball. She was just blocking, looked a little uncomfortable up at the, up at the kitchen line. I mean, I know this is mixed doubles that we're talking about, not women's uh, from my experience, but what I've seen the last couple months with uh, some of her power and some of her loading forehand and backhand and just absolutely destroying some counters uh, and mixing that in with with some of her blocks, uh, I think that that has been a great adjustment and adjustment that came quicker than I expected. Yeah. So uh, the power, uh, uh, the fact that she's she's playing a ton, and and I see already have seen improvements and will continue continue to see improvements. I have Paris Todd at number thirteen. Yep, I'm not. Yeah, not not fighting that. I think she's she's improved really fast, and uh, she came on. I mean 
I know we're talking about women's doubles, but you know, I think she's the only person to beat Anna Lee in singles this year, which just kind of shows you the, the, you know, the upside. Cause you can, you know, when players come in first, you know, you, the good tennis players always want to play singles just to kind of prove themselves and show like, Oh, I can hit this ball with a paddle mm-hmm. and, uh, and do something with it. Which is how I came in, as you know, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. And, uh, just, ju- yeah, just to see her do it on singles, but then like the doubles transitions coming quick and, um, yeah, she's, she's, she's definitely a tough player and, and only going to get better and still young has the upside and of age and, she seems to be super motivated to get better and I think she will continue to get better. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so we had, uh, kind of the more solid players, nine at 10, uh, with, with Jackie Kalamoto and Viv David. And now we have 11 through about 15 or so where it's the occasionally inconsistent, but high end upside and high end fire firepower. So, uh, kind of see how those lists kind of have little pockets of types of players. Uh, just kind of interesting to see. Number 14, I have Georgia Johnson. A perfect example of what I just said. The uh, uh, soft game has gotten better with the consistency of dinking, but she does go through some ebbs and flows of decision-making and some inconsistencies with the soft stuff. The the put-away power and some of the exchanges and power of the hands from the, the 15-year-old is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and when she, when she puts it all together with the full package, watch out. But I think right now there's still a hole or two in the game, and so I am going to slaughter in at number 14 instead of possibly inside the top 10 if she could uh, – you know, plug one or, or two of those holes in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's top 10 yet, but I think she's, you know, what is she? 15? How old is yeah, she? Age. Yeah. No, age. 16. Not, not, yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but still like, we're talking like, I know we're not, we're not factoring upside a lot, but I mean, at that age to be where she's at, um, I think, yeah, she's, you know, you see people come in, like you see an Anna Lee, which she's, she's just a freak, right? She, she got good fast and she stayed there and she's only gotten better. Right. Uh, with Georgia, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a slower ascension, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think she's, she's not, she, I don't think she's plateaued. I think she's going to continue to improve. And I think, yeah, she's got a lot, you know, to be where she's at right now with the holes she has, if she plugs some of those holes, you're absolutely right. I mean, she could, she could be a real force in the top five. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, so number fourteen, uh, Georgia Johnson, and and I know it's you know these are totally these are supposed to be right now rankings, but it's hard not to have a little yeah ups, upside in the back of your brain. You know, we talk about it with whatever uh, NML or or you know things like that. You know, the upside is sexy, especially with its you know uh, skill skill upside and age upside. So it's hard not to have that leak in a little bit. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, Georgia Johnson, number 14, number 15, we have Mama Waters. Mm. So we got Mama Waters at 15. Uh, tough, you know, tough to know. Awesome results. Uh, hard to know exactly how much Anna Lee is doing out there. Uh, there's little stretches where there'll be, a, you know, be four or five minutes where I'm like, man, you know, Lee, Lee's getting exploited a little bit here. And then there'll be four or five minutes where Lee's just lighting people up and, and you know, doing starting the fire and cleaning it up starting the fire having Anna Lee clean it up so it's it's when I watch her play there's definitely a lot of ups and downs and right when I think you know she is she is 
she is getting a little bit older, you know, and then she'll just have these great shots and, and these great stretches. So yeah. uh, tough one to rank at, I believe, 43 or 44 years of age. But man, really, really good hands, really good power and still an absolute force in the game. Uh, had had trouble with this one, but I, I slotted her in at number 15. Yep. Um, and again, Duper has her at three. Um but that's purely with the results with Anna Lee, right? So it's, yeah. it, it is so. difficult to factor in, you know, to factor in partnerships and how that plays into the rankings and all that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super tough. There's so many factors uh, that we've already talked about, plenty of them today, and that's, that's just another one to add to the list. Uh, yep. Very, very, very hard to know. These, these ranking systems have, you know, a tall task, uh, and, and it's just, just what it is in the moment. Number 16 – I have Irina Tereshenko. I believe that this might be a little low as well for some of our casual viewers, but Irina Tereshenko been around for a very long time. Great uh, physical presence out there. Kind of has that perfect, you know, female athletic frame at about five ten. Uh, wiry, strong, great length. Uh, moves well for her age. I mean, she's right up there with me at, at 40 years of age. So some of her length and movement is is really high end, and she can do a lot of things with the ball. She can manipulate the ball. She's got that that heavy backhand splice, slice and that rock solid topspin uh, forehand roll. Um, I do think at times she can get a little exploited on the attacking. She'll go through some stretches of of. Uh, of getting lit up uh, where uh, she's getting attacked and kind of kind of coming at her with pace and with power, uh, maybe less so the deception, more the pace and the power that gets Irina at times, uh, but still can do so many things with the ball, has had a lot of great results in her career and still very much uh, in the mix at the highest level, Irina Tereshenko, number 16. Duper had her slotted at 16 too, Adam. Oh, there you go. Look at that. So tell me, uh, tell me if you know this, we've got, so out of the Duper top 10, uh-huh. Do you think you've named them all? Yeah, probably. You missed one. In- incorrect. I missed one. You missed number 10. Number 10 duper has not been listed yet. Now continue on though. <laughs> I'll continue but, on. Uh, but in fairness, I don't think number 10 should be listed yet. So okay, gotcha. All right, cool. Well, we'll see. Uh number 17, we have the other Kawamoto, Jade Kawamoto. So mm-hmm. uh uh, I know uh, talked about they don't they don't they don't play as much they don't play a full slate uh, I think they've been playing just a little bit more lately I think they actually work for the NCAA um, doing something at, at for the NCAA uh, not a hundred percent sure on that but I think I heard that through the grapevine so we have the lefty the lefty Jade we already mentioned the righty Jackie uh, so the lefty Jade uh, Kawamoto rock solid pretty much a carbon copy of her sister. Not a lot of weaknesses, not a lot of put away power, but just carbon copy. But you listed her seventeen and uh and Jackie well, right. number nine. Well, I'm, I'm talking. Up. I'm talking about game style here. I'm talking about game <laughs> style carbon copy, Robert. So yeah, I it's it's hard. I didn't really know exactly where to go for so, somehow. I've seen Jackie play more because I saw more matches of her in the MLP. Uh, so yeah, I know there's several spots in between them. Uh, but I have Jade at number seventeen. Onward, On, onward and upward. Number eighteen, we have the the dark horse, the net lord, Susanna Barr. Was that number ten? Possibly. Nope. 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 Okay. So yeah, Susanna Barr, uh, uh, kind of a funky game. Lots of deception. Lots of you know 
flailing limbs and a lot going on uh, with Susanna Barr. But when she gets hot, she gets hot. She has a very low margin for error with her game. A lot of her shots are uh, drops and dinks or clearing the net by one inch. Uh, so she can go through stretches where she's very much looks like a top 10 player, but she can also have a match or two where she looks like a, uh, a player that is not in the top 25. So inconsistencies, uh, again, uh, a common theme in the last handful of players where yeah. she has the, the high end upside and some really good shot making, but uh, can kind of lay an egg at times in terms of her consistency. So I have Susanna Barr at number 18. I like it. Duper has her at 21, but... Uh, okay, do do Prazer at twenty one. There you go. Number nineteen, the prof Corinne Carr. Number CC. nineteen or CC rock solid player. Been around forever since the beginning of the game. I think she in the last year or two has gotten uh, looked over a little bit for her just rock solid consistency and consistent results. I know she uh, you know doesn't have anything overwhelming but i think she has rock solid power on her forehand a little less so on her backhand and has some pretty good speed ups as well so i do not think that the game has passed her by at all i know she is you know not a consistent consensus top 10 player like she was a couple years ago but i think corinne carr is still very much relevant and very very solid and i think she gets uh looked over uh, more than she should so i have her slotted in at number 19. Yeah, Prof still makes a lot of balls. If you make a lot of balls in pickleball, you're you're going to be consistent. You're going to get solid results, period. Rob, this is a game of errors, not a game of winners. That's my. <laughs> it's very that's true. My, that's my insight for the day. Racquetball, tennis, games of games of winners. You can hit winners yeah. from anywhere. You can't you can't really hit winners from anywhere in pickleball, no. uh, at least on the doubles court. So, uh, game of errors is a huge deal. Grand car number nineteen, number twenty, fresh face number twenty. Edda Wright out of Utah. So okay. Edda Wright kind of came on the scene. I think she's been playing for a little bit longer than some of her tournament results would suggest, maybe a year or two or somewhere in that range, around two years. But she is a very consistent, solid player, and I've really liked what I've seen from her the last couple times I've watched her play. Very uh, tall girl. Uh, I would have to imagine she's around 5'10 or so. And I haven't seen a lot of weaknesses in her game. So she has had some good solid defense with counterattacks and blocks. And she has some very, very good put away power once that ball goes up shoulder high or above. So I'm going to uh, slot in a kind of unknown before a couple veterans later yeah. in the list. Uh, Edda Wright is my pick at number 20. I haven't really seen her play much but I'm just looking through the duper list and this might be your most controversial pick because I don't think she's in the top 50 of uh, women's doubles. Well, I've seen her play a couple of times and I have her in the top 25. So uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I win. <laughs> so I win. Uh, number 21, we have Maggie Remenzi. So Maggie Remenzi, uh, the sister of Andrea Coop. She has been playing for quite a while, even though, she does not – I don't believe she's ever played a full slate in a year. Uh, I have seen her quite a few times at, at, uh, lately at the MLP events and, and some of the other APPs. Uh, did you freeze, Rob, or are you good? Oh, there you are. Okay. Uh, so I have Maggie Remenzi, tall girl, good reach, reaches in the kitchen nicely, has some really, really good tricky speed-ups, uh, has possibly – had the repu reputation of, of having some ups and downs in her mental game and getting frustrated with herself at times. 
when she has a few errors sprinkled in, uh, and that can snowball for her uh, occasionally from what I've seen. But uh, rock-solid player, uh, some good uh, upside with her shot-making ability, Maggie Ramenzi at number 21. Yeah, and on with Maggie, I think, <laughs> I think last year compared to this year, big improvement, mm-hmm. um, especially for somebody that's been playing pickleball for a while. Right. Um, it seems like she was much tougher mentally this year. Um, you know, kind of gave away less points and less errors once she got kind of down, stayed, stayed pretty solid throughout. And, um, yeah, it's been good to see. I think her results this year have, have, yeah, elevated. For sure. So, and I think kind of in the same vein a little bit, uh, at number 22 is Michelle Escobel. So another veteran been around forever. Great results with a variety of partners, uh, fantastic shot maker she can she can uh she can put that ball anywhere occasionally probably speeds up a little too much but she can put it she can put it line she can put it body she can roll dinks uh she has a lot of good spots that she can go to start the fire and uh kind of create something and then and then load load up with that forehand to put put away the next ball in the second or third shot so nice shot combinations from her but i think it's the same thing as maggie Ramenzi can occasionally get some errors to snowball and uh, lose her focus at times out there. And that uh, has definitely probably dropped both of those players a couple spots on the list uh, with some of the inconsistencies and some of the stretches where they, they struggle mentally. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Super's got, Duper's got Maggie 25, Escavel at 26. You have them at 21, 22. Uh-huh. Uh, anything else to say about the veteran Michelle Escobel? No, been been playing the game a long time. Good firepower, uh-huh. uh, good good speed ups. Yeah, can can sometimes make wrong decisions from midcourt and and kind of try to pull the trigger a little a little too often in uh, defensive defensive zones. But you know, at the end of the day, she can still she can still get results. And I think you know, twenty twenty two is a good spot. All righty. Next up, we have number 23, Elise Jones. So Scrappy talked about her earlier with some of the results from the PPA Atlanta. Just just makes a lot of balls. Uh, has pretty solid hand speed. Definitely not a huge power player, but has good defensive hand speed. Makes a lot of balls. Puts in a max effort. Never seen her give up on anything at any time on the court. Uh, just a testament to... Just rock solid willpower and just uh, uh, the consistency to to make uh, 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 more more and more balls than her opponents. Elise Jones, number twenty three. Yeah, this to me that's a bit low for her. I would probably slot her in the in the fifteen to nineteen ballpark. Okay, uh, very just, reasonable. Just yeah, it's you know she she only plays with uh she only plays with Megan. Um, so it's also partnerships that have been together for a long time. It's also hard to know how one person will do without the other person. You know what I mean? Same with Megan. Um, so I think that that's an interesting aspect too, right? That's why, you know, we talked about triple crown. It's really cool to see, um, players be forced to play with different players of the same gender. Um, just because you see mashups and how somebody actually performs with a, with a different partner, and um, yeah, so Elise, 23 for you. Duper has her at 17. 
What do you think so far is the biggest discrepancy in your pick and uh, Duper's number? And by the way, I found Etta. She was 33 and Duper. She was 33. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. So, so I, when I do these rankings, so I go, I get the player pool, but I don't really look at the rankings. So I just kind of want to do them myself and not yep. get, you know. That's how it should of, be. Biased yeah, by right, it. Right, yeah, right, right. Don't want to get yeah. biased by it. So like I said, I'm not quite as in touch with the women. And this PPA factor, APP PPA factor is is huge. I mean, we talked about, I haven't seen Leia play in a while. I, I haven't seen Elise play a ton, you know. So it's it's hard to know exactly exactly where to to slot them. Uh, you know, give, given all that, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not easy, but I try, I try to not be biased by, by the dupers. I mean, obviously I yeah. think if I saw, even though it's pretty obvious that she's ranked number three because of her, the crazy success she's had uh, Lee waters, you know, if I see that on duper, I'm probably not going to put her 15. I probably would have put her a little higher. Yeah, so. Totally. so I like so. the unbiased. Yeah. Just purely yeah. based on what you think because it feels right. And <laughs> that's what, so, so Duper and you had flip-flopped. So Duper had, so you had Anna at three, Duper has Anna at 15. Uh-huh. Duper has Lee at three and you have her at 15. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. Flipperoo. Flipperoo. And uh, number 24, we have Mary Brasha. Mary Brasha. So she's been playing a lot. She's nice and young, finished up her tennis college tennis career making making a lot of balls out there has a little a little funk to her game even though she does have that tennis background i've seen her hit some two-handed forehands and kind of have some uh you know some some slippery tricky stuff out there that i I think has given some you know players ahead of her on this list some issues so uh uh, i haven't seen her a ton she hasn't been around forever and i'm a east coast guy and she's a, a west coast girl so uh, what, what I have put my eyes on, uh, uh, from her, I've liked her scrappiness and her, and her solidness out there. So I have her at number 24. Yep. I like it. And, and she gets a ton of balls back really, mm-hmm. really, really, really good resets, mid court digs, um, talented player. And now, now that she's finished with tennis and college tennis, I think we'll continue to see her play a lot and continue to, to improve a lot. So excited to see what happens with, with uh, Mary. All right, we have one more, but we have we have two people here, so I couldn't really uh, decide. You have to pick. So I have to pick. Uh, yeah, well, the, pick. The, the two people I have is no, Lena. just one, just one, just one, just one. Is it all Lena? right? Well, then I'll go with Schneeman. I'll go with Schneeman. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, so it, you cheated. So, now we know who both of them are. Yeah, Lena, Lena, <laughs> and and Schneeman, Lacey right. Schneeman. So uh, I, I will go. Both players very solid, very uh, kind of fresh. Haven't been around too long. Uh, Schneeman's got a lot of power. Uh, I watched her play some women's doubles against uh, Ansbury and Prof, and uh, she had some some crazy shots out there. She did an occasional weird thing here and there uh, in terms of speed up or decision making, but some of the spin that she gets and some of the kind of solo shake and bakes and, and some of the the athleticism and shot combinations is very much there if she can you know, clean up her game and, and get a little more refined with some of the soft stuff. I, I could see her rising on this list because she she has a nice uh, 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 she has some tools in the toolbox for sure. Yep. No, I yeah, not gonna argue that. Lena, Lena, right there too. Um, uh-huh. Thumps the ball. I thumps mean, it. 
hits the she ball does. with authority way harder than I can hit the ball. And very um, long, very, very, very long. long. Yeah. And I don't think she quite uses the length yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like she, like she should. Uh-huh. So I think there's still a lot of upside in terms of understanding how to, how to use your reach and also upside in terms of getting a little bit better with the soft game, especially from yes. the mid court and not, not trying to it's I think for Lena it's it's being able to change speeds going from you know drive to drop you know speed up counter to reset when she needs to because once it feels like once she goes in fast mode it's staying fast oh you know what I mean so I think once she can once she can kind of switch gears a little bit better it's she's gonna she's gonna be a real force just because all of all of the natural weapons she already has Oh yeah, she is. She is very much a presence out there, uh, and I mean, good luck, ang- like good luck angling a ball off the court when she's scrambling back there. She gets literally everything. It's yeah. pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah. So those uh, I had those kind of some uh, kind of fresher. Haven't been around quite as long, but some nice upside plays there at the back of the list. So who's number ten? <laughs> well, it's somebody that, that you don't see playing a lot of women's doubles right now, which is why they're on the list, but. Did not make your list. Who? Lindsay Newman. Oh, I have, I, I have, I, I missed her. She, she, she would have been in. Yeah, she She's would have been in. Top she, 25. she would not be 10. She would not be no, 10. No, I agree. But, I agree. But she, she would definitely be in. And I, I actually wrote that down. So I, I kind of, I redid the men's list and screwed over DJ. I forgot about him. So I left him out. And then I did the same thing for Lindsay Newman. She would absolutely be in that, like, I would put her kind of in the 17 to 20 range. So yeah. I, I, I'd put her kind of in the Irina, Jade, Susanna, Corinne range. Uh, and, you know, I mean, she's had a lot a lot of life stuff going on kind of in and out of on-court, yeah. pregnant, on-court, pregnant. So it's hard to – we haven't had like a sustained run of her playing tournament, so it's, it's kind of hard to know where to slaughter. But off the top of my head, I'd put her probably in that 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I, I would say that's reasonable. And yeah, she's got, she just makes a ton of balls. Amazing yeah. defense. Yeah. You know, anybody that puts that many balls in play, you're oh, going to get results. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, just to, yeah, just to watch her. I know, I know we're talking about women's doubles, but to watch her play with Riley and literally the strategy is for her not to come to the kitchen line and just hang out, yeah. hang out in the midcore and let Riley just run, run along. And she, she just doesn't miss. It's like her in the midcourt is like other players dinking. Yeah, like it's that's, crazy. That, it that's really how is. consistent she is from that spot. Yeah, uh, kind of like yeah. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think about like Regina Franco as well mm-hmm. in, that, in that mode where when she's in the midcourt in the back of the court occasionally, I'm like Regina, don't even come up. You're so just, good. You're so good right in the there. midcourt yeah. in the back. Just just hang out back there. I kind of think the same way for Lindsay Lindsay Newman, but she would definitely be in there. Um, I did I did I did forget that name. Yep. Any other, any other honorable mentions? No, man, I think that's it. So we just, all we had was the recap and the list and we were just going to talk about some whatnots in between. Uh, Oh yeah. So I will, um, uh, I was on, like I mentioned earlier, I I was on that meeting with the APP about the 2023 uh, kind of stipends and, and kind of the payouts. And like I said, I can't go into detail because the players are going to come back with, with another proposal about, kind of allocating uh, some of the prize money, but looks like it's going to be deeper for sure. 
And it looks like there's a very reasonable possibility that the top 20 player pros will not have to pay uh, tournament fees. So this is, this is just stuff that a couple little points, there is nothing set in stone whatsoever, but it is a work in progress with the players and the APP tour uh, to get everything situated uh, for the 2023 season. I think that's huge for, uh, yeah, to waive entry fees for top 20. Um, that's something that I've talked about <clears throat> for a while in terms of cost of pro pickleball and, and the barriers to, to playing the game. And like, if you're paying 400, $500 in entry fees, like you've got a medal right now to, to even make that back. And that's just to cover your entry fees. You know, then you have, then you have hotels and car rentals and flights and like it's super pricey. So, um, cutting out that 500, depending on if you play two, three events, you know, it could be anywhere from 300 to $500 cutting mm -hmm. that out as an expense allows players to actually be able to, you know, at worst break even on the weekend, you know, having decent results, especially if they start to pay deeper. So I think those are two check, checks, check marks of, of huge ways to move the game forward. So big props to APP if that actually moves forward and, you know, they pay, I don't know how they'll structure the the deeper payouts, but I think at worst, like seventh to eighth, seventh to eighth should get should get paid. Um, I don't know if they'll go to kind of per round stuff like the PPA's done. Um, I think PPA did a good job in terms of paying per round in the winners bracket, but I think they have some pretty pretty glaring holes with how it works in the back draw and, and mm -hmm. winning bronze. Um, so hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully take some learnings from how everything's gone this year and and put a good foot forward next year. And that's exciting. And I like that they only have 20 tournaments and that they're all tier ones and that they're mm -hmm. all going to be heavier payouts. And if they pay deeper and kind of remove some of the entry fees for the pros sick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I'll be excited to hopefully be able to talk a little more in detail about it next week when we get together, but you're, you're exactly right. I think that's one of their main focuses was, you know, and I mean, for, for anyone, whatever age, it doesn't matter, but I mean, you're saying if you're, 25 recently graduated from college just to not pay tournament fees and maybe get three or 400 bucks for seventh and eighth. Like that's, that's a big deal. Like as a more established older person, you know, that kind of seems like chump change, but some of these guys playing a few hundred bucks here and there or not having, maybe not making money, but not having to pay is yeah. a huge deal and could get more talent in and maybe someone takes a crack at it for two or three tournaments, but now they can take a crack at it for half a year or a whole year, uh, get, given how it works out. So excited to see what uh, the APP comes up with officially. And I think I'll have more info on that next week. Love it. Beautiful insider update, Adam. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, what can I say? I'm an insider for now. We'll see how much longer. I, I'm excited to see kind of how things shake out with, uh, because yeah, I think, I don't know if it was NML, but somebody wrote that I read recently that PPA hasn't signed anybody since that initial flurry. I will be pretty curious, and I've heard some rumblings about some offers out to some non-signed PPA players right now that are pretty significant. Um, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if PPA is able to lure anybody over and and what that looks like. But as of now, and I don't, to my knowledge, nobody else has been signed to a PPA exclusive and yeah, we'll see if anybody signs. We'll see if anybody drops from those contracts. It'll be, I'll be curious to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, I, th I think definitely. I, I would be very shocked if there wasn't some, some form of offer, whether it was official or verbal or whatever, or some kind of negotiations going on between PPA and some 
some some of the top uh, other players that are not under contract. I I don't know why I think this, but I just I see I see Anna staying and not signing, and I see Paris signing. That's what I see. I don't know why. That's just off the top of my head. My hot take. Sure. I mean, I've got no, I've got, I've got no idea, but you know, I, I remember no when P, I remember when PPA put out that they put out a post, like I think during the San Clemente tournament, saying hinting at like signing Paris. Then, oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They, know then that. They, then they quickly deleted it. <laughs> uh, they quickly deleted it. Yeah, I don't know, man. So a couple of times, especially with that flurry too. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone was talking, so there was some interesting information. Apparently, Corinne and myself had signed. Uh, for a couple of days and I talked to someone and they were like, Oh yeah. So tell me about you signing. I was like, we're not signing. So, it's, <laughs> so it, it, it was interesting. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the rumblings, what's true, what's not true. And you know, how you, you play that, you play that game when you're a kid, you got like a circle of 10 kids and you say a word and then it gets back to you. And it's like, you like say a phrase it's completely changed. So totally. inf- information gets, uh, gets distorted, manipula- distorted yeah. and manipulated pretty easily uh, in this community. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Are we doing more rankings? Yeah, we have to do more rankings. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some uh, more information about the APP specifics uh, for 2023. And then we can do, uh, let's go with the the men's mixed rankings. Men's okay. Mixed. And okay. men's mixed, we've, we've already done the men's doubles. Uh, we'll do the men's mixed and they'll be very, very different from the men's doubles rankings because oh, yeah. it is by a- far a huge difference. Uh, in skill sets for, for men's doubles and mixed doubles. So uh, yeah, we'll Which- do that. Go ahead. I don't remember what I was. I was. I had one thought, and then I immediately thought of another thought about rules because when I when I think of mixed, I think of um, yeah. In terms of different, in terms of different rankings, you know, Zane Spencer Spencer's getting eliminated next year. Um, so that that's also just an interesting topic of um, that's that's gone or it will be gone. As so, far so, as so tell me this any any so what you've heard is any form of spin whatsoever on the serve is not will not be allowed uh i don't know if i've i haven't heard that i just okay. that you that you're not able to create spin with your with your oh. tossing hand okay gotcha okay all right no that's that's well it's good for me my serve is regular totally <laughs> totally totally i mean, totally, I, mean totally. I, I disagree with the fact when people say that it doesn't it's like it's not an advantage anymore and if you look at the data of missed returns it's not very high it's not about missing the returns it's about how how the next shot set up how easy your third is and how yeah. uh, you're using your serve as an offensive weapon to then step in and crank a drive or hit an easier drop and right yeah um and mix it's it's an even bigger deal so i i think about it when they show th- when I when I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch tennis, and they would show they would have the little dots where they were returning from. Yeah. So it's a big server you're returning way back. If it's a less server, you're returning more in the court. And yep. I would really like to see the the little dots for where Zane hits his third shots from. And, and, and singles <laughs> it's and doubles. It's, it's yeah. He's court. like he's probably hitting his third shots closer to the kitchen line than the baseline. If you think that's not a big deal, you're freaking crazy. So yeah. uh, uh, so yes, there's a lot of things you can't necessarily see in terms of advantages for for the spin serve so so yeah so that's that that's that's definitely important stuff and uh uh yeah so the the, the mixed list will look much different i, I have no doubt yeah. that jay will be 
much higher uh, on the mixed list and the men's list. And there'll be a couple people that uh, are the opposite as well, where they move down the list because uh, of, of mixed, not men's. So um, 100%. All right, kid. I think it's fun. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Nice run there. I'm sure I'm going to get some shit for Coop and Bright uh, at two and three. Uh, But like I said, two, two through eight was was kind of, was kind of a shit show. It could have gone either way in my eyes. You've got an opportunity this weekend, Adam, Sacramento, because I believe your number three ranked player, Anna Bright, is playing with a senior pro, Beth Bellamy, at the Sacramento. Oh, I, 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 oh, I already looked at the, I already looked at the draw. I think they'll win. Okay. Right. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the teams they were going up against, but it's a pretty thin field, and I remember thinking, I've, I mean, Beth Bellamy's good. Yeah. So if she doesn't have to cover a lot or as much as normal, then I, I think they're going to win to be honest. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't think that a lot of the high end APP women will be at that tier two event. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. I mean, that's fun though, right? Having, having your number three yeah. ranked player and um, a senior pro play in the plan and open draw. That'll be fun to watch. I, you know, That's fun unless you're playing them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like when Weinbach and Gingrich play, you don't want to yeah. play them because they, you can lose, you can lose to those guys. You know, it's, it's lose, but lose situation. A hundred percent. If you win, you just beat senior citizens. Yeah. You lose, so it's you like, lost to senior citizens. It's literally zero. Anything good comes, nothing good comes of winning. It's just yeah. totally expected. So it's, yeah, very much, uh, uh, you, it's, it's tough mental space to, to play, you know, those people. I mean, I, I've thought that before too. It's like, maybe I'm not feeling my best or I'm struggling physically or something like that. And it's like, you get in the back draw and it's like, you don't, you don't want to, you just don't want to lose to no names. You know, <laughs> you know you, it's like you get up against a good team and you're like, okay, I can lose to them. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> no big thing. <laughs> but you don't, you don't want to lose to a senior. You don't want to lose to someone no one's ever heard of. So it's, it's definitely a kind of weird mentally uh, in those situations. <laughs> That'll be fun to watch. I'll be tuning into that just to see how that dynamic is and, yeah, and yeah. to see if, if Anna can carry. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You will see, and that will uh, be Anna Bright uh, intense on the court. You will, you, you will definitely see that uh, regardless 100%. of who she's playing with. I'm telling you, that's a factor in her being number three. She is. Yes. She ain't. She's not giving an inch. She is yeah. intense as hell out there, and that is that's a factor for me. My only question with that, because I agree, I think I think it's a it it's a strength, but is it sustainable? Oh, you know what I mean? sure. oh, my competitive spirit's been broken for sure. <laughs> when I, when I, when I came, I came in hot those first couple or yeah. few years, I was intense as hell. I was yelling at people looking for someone on the sideline to make eye contact with, you know, just like hardcore and it is very yep. much waned. So that that's the thing. Is it sustainable? So that'll right. be, that'll be interesting to watch as well because uh, yeah, coming in hot, really motivated. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. And, uh, one hour, 24 minutes, Robert. That's about my threshold. Uh, we start creeping up into 90 and 100 minutes. Yeah, that, this is plenty something, long. Something I can't do. So I believe it feels right to end right here. Okay. It's been fun, Adam. It has been fun. Until next time, friends. Bye, guys. Night-night. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.